This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. Tory Stafford's hometown of Woodstock, Ontario, and communities beyond were rattled when security videos surfaced, showing the eight-year-old being led down the street from her school by a woman no one could identify. Two months later, an arrest. 19-year-old Terry Lynn McClintock was taken into custody, admitting to being the woman in the video. Yes, Terry Lynn McClintock was convicted of first-degree murder in connection with the death of eight-year-old Tory Stafford in Woodstock, Ontario. This is not a murder that took place, folks. 20 years ago, 30 years ago. This was less than 10 years ago. This was a big story at the time, and you may remember this. This was a case that was profiled on America's Most Wanted, uh, led to changes in the Amber Alert system. But it is a truly horrific story of how this young girl, walking home from school alone for the first time, was lured away by Terry Lynn McClintock to Michael Rafferty. She was abducted, taken to a remote area, raped, murdered in in just an unimaginably brutal fashion. The reason we're talking about Terry Lynn McClintock today, again, a 2009 murder, so less than 10 years ago, somebody convicted of first-degree murder, we have learned, has been moved from a prison to a so-called healing lodge in Saskatchewan. Now, the family... Uh, of the victim here, Tori Stafford's family, were the ones who learned about this and made this information public. There was a rally set for next month in Ottawa to protest this. Uh, it's pretty outrageous, no matter how you slice it. Public Safety Minister Ralph Goodale just compounding the, the bad optics of all of this in an appearance yesterday on CTV. Here's what Ralph Goodale said. How can this life that has obviously uh, gone in a very bad direction mm-hmm. be best prepared for um, the eventual conclusion of the, se- of the, of the sentence, which will um, come sooner or later? And are you, are you going to make society safer by, by developing the circumstances in in which that life can be changed for the better or released cold turkey at the end of the sentence well, when there's on. no chance she's not going to be released till 2031 mr goodell that's a long way away why well, is she getting into this so early well the the prison management officials have determined this is the best way to both uh rectify her bad practices in the past uh but also to keep the public safe bad practices interesting choice of words Now, that was yesterday. Today, uh, Ralph Goodale says he has asked uh, the Commissioner of Correctional Services to do a complete review of this case. So yesterday, the parole officials know what's best. Let's let them do their work. Now he's ordered a review, quite a reversal, and perhaps some damage control. Really an interesting piece on all of this in today's National Post uh, from Chris Selle, columnist for the National Post, nationalpost.com, and joins us on the line. Chris, thanks for making some time for us here today. Oh, thanks for having me. 
Uh, Ralph Goodale, uh, you know, I mean, he's he's a political veteran. He's been around long enough. You would think to not make these kinds of, of rookie mistakes. What do you make of how he's handled this over the last day? Uh, I mean, well, what you said, this is he must be the most experienced cabinet minister uh, in the liberal ranks. And he comes out, you know, he should he should know right away if he gets his talking points and he's going to try and defend this, um, that that's an absolute turkey and that the next day he's going to have to walk it back. Um, you know, you, you heard Don Martin on my clip say uh, she's not going to be released for like 20 years at the very earliest uh, minister. Why on earth are you talking about, uh, you know, her life, her future life chances now? You know, she pleaded guilty to first-degree murder. That's a 25-year min- minimum prison sentence. I, I mean, th- th- there's, there's no, you know, are we not even entitled to an explanation as to where, as to why she's, being moved to this place, and and the explanation we're being offered is, well, prison officials have have decided that that's the best way uh, to rehabilitate her. Well, well, why why her? I mean, presumably there are all sorts of other murderers um, who would, you know, frankly, probably do better if we're trying to make them into better people, would probably not be best off in a maximum security prison. But that is the punishment that we impose on people who are convicted of of first-degree murder. Uh, And and just the, the the breeziness of this and, and the use of the term bad practices, I, I just, it's just absolutely dizzying. I actually hadn't heard that he'd walked it back today, and, and I'm not surprised. I'm, but I am surprised um, that they got themselves into this mess in the first place because that's the sort of thing that any uh, politician or, or political operative should look at and say, there's no way we, we can sell this. Yeah. Um, there's just no way. You know, as you note in your piece today, I mean, it, it's it's frequently the case that the uh, the, the justice system it, it gets wrapped up in politics, and and it can be pretty easy for conservative politicians to to uh, get you know public anger whipped up about how the justice system was soft on so and so or a slap on the wrist for so and so, and you know a lot of times some of this stuff is overblown. This seems like such an obvious case, though. Um, where, you know, and it's even you concede you're a bit of a bleeding heart yourself when it comes to justice issues, but this is just outrageous, isn't it? No matter how you, yeah. you look at it. It absolutely is. I, I mean, you know, if anyone has to be in prison, it, it, it ha- surely it is a person who admitted uh, butchering, luring away a child under the most you know, heinous conceivable circumstances. I mean, the first day being allowed to walk home from school, um, you know, that calls right away there for, you know, there's, there's three reasons to put people in prison. People talk about traditionally it's punishment, deterrence, and, and rehabilitation. And, and the systems are supposed to balance those equally. Well, here is a system, here's a case where you need to show punishment because that is, that is as horrible a breach of the social contract as you can imagine. And so if anyone has to be in prison, it's someone who admits to doing what Terry Lynn McClintock did eight years after she admitted doing it. You know, there's, there's no there's no ands, or buts about it. And if, if we want to focus on rehabilitation, and I think we should focus on rehabilitation more, then do it in the damn prison. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's no reason. There's, prisoners are supposed to rehabilitate people. Otherwise, we'd be sending everyone to healing lodges. Um, so what, what Goodell said almost seems to impugn the whole the whole prison system. I mean, are, are you saying that all these other people that, that aren't going to healing lodges were just releasing onto the streets 
cold turkey, as he said, and then they're just going to be even worse, even more violent people. <laughs> That's not good. I mean, either way, it just seems to me that, as you say, like there's, there's something for everyone here to be outraged about, whether it's the, the fact that she's getting, um, you know, this, this lenient treatment uh, or the fact that, that, you know, you have this unequal treatment. I mean, if, if she hadn't been Aboriginal, uh, she wouldn't have had access to this um, to this healing lodge, and, and whether you think people, should, whether you think the justice system should be tougher, or whether you think it should be more lenient, as a general rule, it should certainly treat everyone equally. Um, and so this this just opens a whole can of worms. Um, I, you know, it's 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 just baffling. It is. Now, and, and I mean, this should be about Tory Stafford and, and the horrific crime for which uh, Terrella McClintock is in, is in prison. It is also worth noting, however, that, that in 2012, uh, there was an additional crime committed. She pleaded guilty to, to an assault on a fellow inmate uh, and seemed pretty proud of what she had done. <laughs> That's right. I mean, it's not like she won any awards for good behavior in prison. And even if she had, that wouldn't affect her 25-year mandatory imprisonment, but she also uh, asked to work with a woman in a peer support program, a fellow inmate, uh, at the Grand Valley Center in, in Kitchener, Ontario, which is a you know, high-security area, high-security prison, and um, she savagely attacked this woman, uh, beat her very severely, and she was going to plead not guilty uh, <laughs> until the uh, Crown disclosed a letter that they'd intercepted that she'd sent to a friend where she gloated about it, talked about how great it was to beat this woman up, put smiley faces next to that sentence, and complained that she could have done more damage if she'd had a bigger room uh, to do it in. So, you know, that was in 2012. So here we have an incredibly, you know, someone who's who's committed the most terrible crime imaginable and, and since has shown just as violent tendencies. Um... You know, I sure hope the people at this healing lodge are prepared for her, uh, regardless of whether she should be there, because, you know, we haven't been given any assurances other than, you know, Minister Goodell saying, oh, well, don't worry, you know, they're keeping public safety in mind. You know, we're not entitled, apparently, to any assurances, any explanation as to why this has happened or or, or that that, um, the public safety is being taken into account. Um, but even if it, you know, I, I, I hope it is, but even if it is, I mean, it's still outrageous. Yeah. Well, it is. And again, I mean, it's not as though Ralph Goodale or anybody uh, in the government made the decision to relocate no. this inmate. Um, but, uh, you know, that the, they would seem so blasé about it is is just strange. So some damage control on this today. Uh, Chris, I don't know that that's going to negate any of the anger and... You know, as you say in your piece, that uh, maybe Ralph Goodale should be uh, hiding under his desk or steer clear of Parliament Hill on, on November 2nd because there's some pretty emotional and upset people. Yeah, I mean, I suspect it will die down. These things have a tendency to because I, I get someone who's locked up is just by definition out of sight, out of mind. I mean, this reminds me a little bit of the of the outrage that um, uh, when uh, Vince Lee, who was like the guy who... Uh, Killed all those people on the Greyhound bus. Um, was was let out on various day proles. I think he's actually free mm-hmm. um, and clear at this point. And and there was a lot of outrage on that, but you never hear about it a- anymore because, and you know, and that was a very different case. I mean, that guy was clearly um, very very mentally disturbed and not in his right head when he did what he did. Um, whereas there's no evidence of that with with McClintock. 
But I think these things do, uh, assuming, hopefully, that, that, they, that she doesn't do anything else. I'm not sure there's, there's, there's going to be lasting anger on this. But uh, certainly that rally is, is, you know, you can understand why people are going to – it's not one of these ones – it's not one of these cases, as you say, where, where you know, sometimes you'll get liberals kind of rolling their eyes at these, oh, these conservatives go too far and they want to lock everyone up. I mean, like if you took a poll of the Canadian population and asked, should this person be in a maximum security prison, you're going to get, you know, whatever – yeah. 99.8%, and then whoever was involved in actually transferring her to the healing lodge on the point zero 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 two. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, more on this at nationalpost.com. Chris, thanks so much for joining us here today. Appreciate it. Thanks, Rob. Take care. Uh, that is Chris Selley, columnist for the National Post, nationalpost.com. His thoughts on Terry Ellen McClintock, someone who obviously belongs in prison. Barely eight years uh, since she pleaded guilty to first-degree murder. First-degree murder, parole eligibility of 25 years minimum. Why on earth at this point in her sentence, barely six years removed from this vicious assault, is this somebody who belongs in a healing lodge? It doesn't make sense at any level. We don't need to go back and go through this, the horrific details of what happened to this eight-year-old child at the hands of these two people, Michael Rafferty and Terry Lynn McClintock. They did this. They were convicted of this. They were sentenced for this. But it is about as bad as it gets, folks. No way, no way at all should this person at this time be a candidate for that kind of treatment. Look, we're not talking about releasing somebody here. Obviously, she remains incarcerated. uh, But this is not a place where murderers, convicted murderers belong. And we cannot sit here in 2018 and start musing about whether or not this person represents less of a threat to the public. First-degree murderers are treated a certain way because of what they did. And on top of what she did, even while incarcerated, she was still committing acts of tremendous violence. This is not somebody who is a candidate for this kind of an institution. So... What confidence should the Canadian public have in the people who are making these decisions? What confidence should we have in the political masters of those people making those decisions? How does Ralph Goodale go in the case of in the span of 24 hours? The saying that, look, you know, we trust the, the people who are making these decisions too. We don't trust the people who are making these decisions. And we're going to review all of this. It's very similar to what we saw this week with this whole situation of another convicted murderer. This Christopher Garnier, who convicted a, was convicted of murdering an off-duty police officer, a female police officer, claiming that the PTSD he suffers from was caused by committing that murder. And because his father was a member of the armed forces, Veterans Affairs needs to cover his PTSD treatment. Same thing this week. We saw a very quick and convenient reversal on the part of the liberals who had suggested that maybe there was not much they could do about this to now we're going to review this uh, and we're just as mad as, as you. Again, it wasn't the elected politicians making these decisions in the first place, but my goodness, have they made a mess of the aftermath. 974-8255 is our number 974-TALK. A lot more still to get to here on this Wednesday afternoon. We are back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.